Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee. Everything School HQ. Joining me tonight, no Evan Swords this week, but he'll be back next week of Forty Nine Ers Hub. But uh, joining me as uh, they do each and every week, the NFL Super Friends on this very program. We've got J.P. Acosta down there in the great state of Florida. J.P., VespiNation.com. J.P., good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Got a lot of fun football coming up. It doesn't even feel like the regular season's over, but it's fun. It's got a nice timing. You get the regular season wrapped up here and... uh, I mean, but the national championship uh, concluding as we record here with Michigan winning their first natty in a little over 20 years. And yeah, we get transition into the NFL playoffs. It's a nice uh, seamless transition of uh, postseason football. Uh, also here, USA Today, behind the steel curtain and the pump fake, Jarrett Bailey. Jarrett, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm uh, I'm good. I uh, I had a red bear and French bread pizza, and I bit into it too soon, and so the top of my mouth mm. is just destroyed right now. But um, outside of that, uh, a crazy weekend that you know, had a bunch of events go in my favor. So I'm I'm good. I'm good. There you go. Um, I'd never thought on this pod um, with no Evan tonight of the three of us. If you had told us throughout the course of this NFL season that it would be. Jarrett's Pittsburgh Steelers and only Jarrett's Pittsburgh Steelers being uh, in the 2024 NFL playoffs uh, when it involved the Jaguars Falcons and uh, his Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't think any of us would have predicted that this would have ended up being the case. I could have told you the Falcons weren't going to make it. All right. (laughs) We were in it the last week of the season, which was my case all along. It was right there. They're begging us to win the division, begging us all season long. And, we couldn't do it, and then we ended up firing our coach uh, at 12.01 a.m., so, you know. And then we had a great press conference where the GM was not there um, to talk about uh, the new coach, um, and we got a that? weird answer as to why he is 
not there and that everything is fine. It was just the Liam Neeson, just nothing to see here. We're all mm-hmm. fine. So everything's good. Who cares? We're picking eighth again. Loving it. No franchise quarterback. It might be Bill Belichick. I don't know. That what whatever. Whatever. Seven and ten. Nothing matters. Go Falcons. I tweeted my way to fix the Falcons, mm. but they don't let me make these decisions. No. Church no. McKay's job, Jarrett Bailey. Um JP Acosta, let's start off with your team because I think this was the story of the day. Um the Jacksonville Jaguars ultimately did not make the playoffs. Um they made history. Uh what was the stat were based on their start and then how they finished uh to wrap up nine and eight and miss the postseason? What was the, the Jaguar stat that they they did? I think they're one of the only teams to go eight and three and finish nine and eight and miss the playoffs. Yeah. Mm. Whew. So you wrote about this. They're a team you're quite familiar with. What happened on Sunday that uh, ended the Jaguars NFL season and uh, just how to bad a shape is uh, Jacksonville going into 2024? The things that happened against the Tennessee Titans were the same things that happened against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens and the Minnes- and the Cincinnati Bengals and every other team they lost to during this losing streak. It was it wasn't a different kind of loss. This is like when Tom keeps stepping on the rake and Tom and Jerry. It's the same thing. Same thing every week. Defense has blown coverages and can't tackle. Offense has miscommunications. Offensive line stinks. This really is an organizational misplacement. This is a this back half of the season falls on the fault of the or of the organization, specifically the GM and the coaching. And you saw that with um, Mike Caldwell and a bunch of defensive staffers being fired today. You cannot miss the playoffs looking like that and expect to go into 2024 or get go into next season trying to run it back. You can't run it back anymore. You ran it back last year and you went from a nine and eight team to a nine and eight team. You got worse. Actually, you, you did not improve at all. And it showed. So this is going to be a very critical off season for the Jaguars going forward. This, they cannot remain the same. It cannot continue to be this way. What about you, Jared? Do you look at this offseason being, uh, oh, well, Jared's out for a second. JP, I'll throw it back to you momentarily. Is any of this an indictment on where Trevor Lawrence is as a franchise quarterback? Is this stretch down the season? Is it more of the defense? And that's why they cleaned house. And that's more of the issue. Is it Doug Peterson and the offense with Press Taylor? Um, is it something that gets cleaned up? Is it the receiving core uh, that he had down the stretch? How much of this falls on Trevor Lawrence? What I will say is we are going to be incredibly stupid about Trevor Lawrence this <laughs> offseason. Um, at his worst, Trevor Lawrence is still a very good quarterback. The problem is when the offense is entirely built out of Trevor Lawrence being superhuman, that's not a sustainable way for you to win games, even if you are a former number one overall pick. I feel like we have kind of – we've changed – the discussion around top QB prospects to be, oh, you're supposed to carry a team to the playoffs even when like everything is crappy around you. 
The Jaguars offensive line is the worst offensive line in football by any metric you want to look at. They were 31st in adjusted line yards, dead last in stuff rate. They could not block. And because they couldn't block, you couldn't get into anything that you really wanted to do offensively. That changed the entire makeup of the team. Press Taylor was horrible as a play caller. The sequencing Mm. was bad. The design was bad. It just was not great at any point in this season. But I don't think this sways my thoughts on Trevor Lawrence at all. I think Hmm. he's still a very good quarterback. I just think this serves more as a wake-up call to the organization to be like, hey, you can't just throw out this top quarterback prospect or young quarterback who you believe is very good and just expect him to lead a bunch of dudes to being to sustain success. Like that's not something you can do. And everybody's gonna point to CJ Stroud, but those guys were those guys were pretty good. Mm. And they drafted really well, you know? And they had the and they had the requisite play calling and playmakers, you know, and the protection. The protection especially. So we're just gonna be really dumb this offseason. And the Jaguars have nobody to blame for people being dumb except for themselves. Jarrett, do you think they bounce back? Does this uh, does this feel like, hey, you still have Trevor Lawrence. He's still a top-ten quarterback in this league. He can still get better. You can fix the defense, make a right hire here, get you a Jim, Swar- Jim Schwartz and uh, fix things. Um, Joe Barry might be looking for a job. We'll talk about it later. Maybe that's uh, the, the missing hire, and I just did that for JP. Uh, <laughs> but you know what, JP, though? Ryan Nielsen, man, he might be open. I loved Ryan Nielsen this year for the Falcons. I'll take that. Yeah, I would. Ryan Nielsen's good DC. Of course, the Falcons finally get a good DC, and then we move on from the staff, and he's not going to be there anymore. Um, but Jared, do you think this is a quick turnaround, or do you think the there's real concern about the Trent Balky era in Jacksonville? Yeah, I talked about this on Jacksonville radio today. Like, it just depends on how aggressive the Jaguars are willing to be in terms of spending money on either side of the ball. Because JP pointed out their offensive line was really bad. And the few moves that they did make, I think they overestimated how impactful they were going to be like Hmm. uh, media included, like myself included. uh, I thought that I predicted the Jaguars would be the number one seed in the AFC. And for like 20 minutes, they were. Um, But I think the big addition that everybody was talking about was, okay, Calvin Ridley, you know, they were nine and eight the season prior. You add Calvin Ridley to that offense should be able to, uh, to take a next step. Mm. um and really had moments but i think you know, he finished with what, like 75 catches um it was really up and down there was a long stretch where he was not a non-factor but like they him and trevor lawrence just never seemed to find chemistry that was good enough to you know carry this offense and defensively the concern about the jaguars defensively was the secondary coming into the year and it remained that throughout the year like they let jake browning and joe flacco eat them alive in consecutive weeks um and a lot of that is personnel stuff like Andre Cisco and Darius Williams are both good but like when you're trying to get meaningful snaps out of you know Rayshon Jenkins and and you know Tyson Campbell and Trey Herndon like you, you need to do better at those spots and then they do have the benefit of having a handful of guys on that side of the ball that were either really good coming into this year or had questions and took really big steps forward. Like Trayvon Walker had a nice step forward. Josh Allen played like an all pro Cisco Williams. Um, and then Foyer, who was uh, a really good player for them as well. So like they've got select few guys on that side of the ball that they can rely on, but often, and in terms of 
how they can bounce back. It's how aggressive they're going to be in free agency and how aggressive are they going to be to bring in uh, competent coaching for that side of the ball? Because Wink Martindale is going to be available. Are you going to go out and get a Wink Martindale? Are you going to get aggressive and get a coach like that for that side of the ball? Um, just depends on how aggressive they're willing to be. Um, are they going to go out and get, you know, try to make a splash with a T Higgins to, to get a more complimentary receiver route. Like they're going to have opportunities to get better. It just depends on what they're willing to do. So my initial thoughts on this off season for the Jaguars is I don't think they think T is going to hit free agency. I mm. think, T, I think T is going to get tagged by the, mm. uh, by the Bengals. I think they'll get, t- he's going to get tagged. Um, they're gonna re-sign Reader and probably let Jonah Williams walk. Yeah. Um, I think they're gonna re-sign Ridley. Um, I don't think it's gonna be the extension where Atlanta gets a second round pick, but I think they're gonna let him hit free agency. But it's gonna be a gentleman's agreement that, like, yeah, we're gonna re-sign you, but it won't be an extension, so they don't have to give Atlanta a second. So they'll right. end up giving Atlanta a third. Um, and then from there. I think still got to re-sign Josh Allen though as well, don't they? They're gonna tag Josh Allen. Okay. They're gonna tag Josh Allen. I think Rayshon Jenkins is going to be a cap casualty. Gonna end up getting Has Josh Allen ever been tagged? Uh no. Okay. Um Cam Robinson's going to walk in free agency. And from there, you just figure it out. You know, I think they based on how Doug Peterson talked at the exit interview today. He harped a lot on players, not coaches. Hmm. But then they also fired all the defensive staff. Yeah. So I think they're going to lean heavily onto we need to get better players. And that starts up front. You know, you can't go into a season with Luke Fortner as your starting center. He is the worst center in football. Hmm. You can't keep having a rotating line at a left guard. Brandon Scherf has not been – he hasn't been healthy. Your best offensive lineman was a rookie this year, and Anton Harrison was fantastic. Yeah, but you cannot go into this season thinking you can just run it back, because that's where that's what got you to nine and eight this year. I think the few names that I would come up with um, for DC are Corey Unlin. He is the current pass game coordinator for the Texans. If they want to go that route, worked with Doug Peterson in, in uh, Philadelphia. Al Harris, who's the DB's coach for Dallas, also worked with Doug Peterson in Kansas City and Philadelphia. But if they want to go for a swing at a name that just, you know, who's already been a coordinator and will work really well, I think Ichiro Evero Mm. would would be the big name that they go out and try and get. Christian Parker, who's the corners coach for the uh, Broncos, rising star. I think he is going to be a very good defense coordinator one day. I don't think Wink gets a DC job because hmm. I think the reason he left New York was because he wants a head coaching job. Mm. So he's going to try, he's going to angle for getting some head coaching interviews. So I don't know what happens there. Do you think he gets one? I think there's probably a couple teams that might. But I don't think it's going to be like a uh, – I think it will be like a transition hire if mm. they hire Wink, which sucks for him. But I mean, mainly, he's on the older side. He's never been a head coach in this league. 
Mainly, um, I'm thinking the Carolina Panthers. That's what I'm saying. If if he wants wants to go at it, Carolina might be. Well, we're about to see good. how bad of a job that really is. Like how many oh, people, Carolina, like Carolina is going to be the ultimate. The, how the many people say no? Right come now. out. Like I can't wait to see how many people say no. It sucks, but somebody's going to have to take it, and yeah. Wink might be that guy. Oof. Poor Bryce Young, man. Um, I saw a picture where they were like they compared the side by side, and they're like every new picture of Bryce Young looks like he's growing closer and closer to bubbles from the wire and it's just it's it's true and very sad um poor bryce young man um switching gears a little bit the pittsburgh steelers they make the playoffs mason rudolph um jared is it weird that like mason rudolph was kind of decent and kind of good for pittsburgh down the stretch here and like if you don't make the switch to mason rudolph pittsburgh probably doesn't make the playoffs um, I don't think it's necessarily weird. Um, because in 2019, like he showed flashes of being a competent backup. It wasn't anything special, but um, you know, he's been in, he's been with the team for you know since 2017. He's been there a mm-hmm. long time. Um, and also the bar wasn't high. Like this has been an awful offense for the past two years, and it's just hilarious that the second he comes in, the Steelers score the most points that they've scored in a game in two years. First time they've had consecutive games of 30 points in three years. And his numbers uh, in that stretch are the best of a quarterback since 2018 uh, when Ben was still at the peak of his powers. So uh, it raises questions for the future without a doubt. Like the fact that Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph's first two starts are better than any two Kenny Pickett games that you want to find without any sort of question about it. So if you're the Steelers, I mean, right there, that's obviously that raises questions for your future at quarterback, which they already kind of had because Pickett hasn't looked good yet. Um, and then against Baltimore in awful weather, he goes out and completes 90% of his passes. Again, it wasn't anything crazy because it was 30 degrees raining. They ran the ball a lot, but to go 18 of 20 in that kind of weather, he made you know, a 71 yard touchdown uh, or he threw a dart, frankly, to Deontay Johnson, who ran it the rest of the way, but He's played really well, um, and in three games, he already has half of the amount of touchdown passes that Kenny Pickett did before he got hurt. So I think that the Steelers are – they're putting out that, yeah, they we still believe in Kenny. I, I would be violently surprised if they aren't in the market this offseason to either trade for a guy um, and just have some sort of competition, bring in a vet to have some sort of competition in camp because they can't go forward with – you know, saying, yeah, Kenny's the unquestioned starter in 2024. That would be malpractice. And I think Mike Tomlin knows that he's not stupid. Omar Khan knows that he's not stupid. Um, I think that they kind of know where they are and that they took a swing and they missed in terms of drafting Kenny Pickett. And now it's just a matter of what do you do in the offseason? Um, obviously, they have a playoff game this weekend against Buffalo. I don't expect them to win that game. Um, but there is, um, yeah, there's definitely questions now of what you do at quarterback because Mason, Mason Rose is a free agent this year. And some team is going to offer him decent money to be their backup, maybe depending on the situation, a bridge starter. Um, so they're going to have a lot of questions to answer at that position this offseason. And uh, it's going to the decisions that they do make are going to have long lasting, uh, long lasting effects. Is it good or bad for the organization to make the playoffs? Is it like, where are you a bit where they're like, oh, we made the playoffs. See, we're fine. Like Tomlin's making the playoffs. We just need to address the quarterback position. 
we'll be okay. Like we're we're very close to contention and close to the Ravens. No, I don't think. I think making it in this specific way isn't a bad thing because, mm. like, you're doing it with a backup quarterback, which, like, like I said, should tell you all you need to know about the quarterback that you drafted, who mm. has played horrible for the past two years. And like I said, the second that Mason Rudolph comes in, Steelers are able to score points magically. Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this thing out. So mm. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Um, and if anything, like it, 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 you know, I know I've, I've been as much of a, Hey, maybe it's time for the Steelers to move on from Mike Tomlin, but it does speak to the fact that, um, you know, he still is one of the, the best coaches in the league. Mm. So to get to 10 and seven with, with this team, who by the way, was down to their fifth safety, their fifth linebacker yeah. off ball. It's, incredible what they've done on either side of the ball to be able to get that done so um like i said doing it in this fashion i think um if anything it just makes them realize okay you know we're not going to go forward with mason as like our franchise but i think that they know that the franchise guy isn't on the roster right now what do you think they do ultimately do they go quarterback early in the draft or do they make a trade for justin Fields? do they go vet which where do you think they go if it was me, I'll tell you what I would do, and I'll tell you what I think that they'll do. If it was me, I've said this before on the show, like my dream scenario is you sign Kirk, you have Mason as the backup, and if you want to draft a guy mid-round just to have, then you do that. And oh, I've had JP's spoke of this guy. Damian Parson of the Draft Network has said this guy's name as well. If you want to go Michael Pratt from Tulane to have in that quarterback room, cool. Um, so that would be my dream scenario is Kirk, Mason Rudolph, and maybe Michael Pratt. Um, what I think they'll do is probably sign a vet, but it's not Kirk Cousins. It'll probably be the likes of like, you know, a Gardner Minshew or Jacoby Brissett, something of that sort and roll with Jacoby Brissett, Kenny Pickett. And if they do bring back Mason Rudolph on, if they sign two quarterbacks for relatively cheap deals and cool, then there's your quarterback competition for the, uh, training camp. But that's basically another punt on another season where you don't have a franchise quarterback Another year wasted of TJ Watt, another year wasted of Cam Hayward, another year wasted of Mika Fitzpatrick, wasting young years of Joey Porter's career. Like, I would like to say that I think they'll be aggressive and go take a swing and try to get Justin Fields. I don't know how willing the Bears are going to be to trade with the Steelers anymore after what happened last year. Um, but if Pittsburgh comes knocking and offers at least like a second round pick and change, then I think they'll definitely pick up the phone because, you know, I do think that the Bears move on from Fields, and we know, and the build up to that draft class. I mean, Mike Tomlin, it was very evident that he was high on Fields. So mm. I'm not completely ruling that out. I know that a lot of Steelers fans would like to see that. I know personally, I would like to see that. If, in terms of like the quarterback options, if Justin Fields is a possibility, I'm definitely not saying no to it. Um, but I think that the more likelihood is them being the conservative organization that they and to be which i don't want it to happen but knowing this team the way i do i feel like that's what's gonna happen mm. uh jp talk me off the falcons ledge please all right let's see if we can do this um please jp jared's not gonna do it please jp i i, I mean i can definitely try i don't have any I, here's um, the thing. all right go go ahead, jp <laughs> it could be worse you could be the panthers no, that's true. In all seriousness, um, the Falcons are one position away from actually being very good. But 
it's the problem that's been with the Falcons since Matt Ryan left. So mm. really you're just hoping you get a good coach who can find the quarterback. And I think this is the perfect spot for a guy who might have already had coaching experience as a head coach and not the hot shot coordinator. Mm. I don't think Ben Johnson takes this job. It is interesting he's the co-favorite with Belichick. Like, you could not be more different in Belichick and Ben Johnson in terms of the next coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I think Bill Belichick is going to remain in New England. Oh. Oh. Uh, because I think him saying he is willing to give up personnel today is very profound. I think mm. that is a mm. very big thing that people kind of looked over today. He's Him willing to give up personnel is saying, like, yeah, I'm willing to make this work so I can stay here. Because and I know Ziegler's back on the market, so he's back in <laughs> and then he can take like, that back over. Because, like, I think, like, Bill Barnwell said, like, over the last half of the season, the Patriots have been one of the best defenses in the league. Mm. Like, that, he still can coach. Like, he is still a hell of a coach. It's just they need some more – they need some non-Patriots ideas in that mm. front office. So just – let Bill give up the personnel decisions to somebody who comes from somebody somewhere else with different ideas. I don't think Bill's leaving. Um, Interesting. I would really like Raheem Morris for this Falcons job. Interesting. I think he has done a fantastic job with this Rams defense and getting basically like chicken salad at a chicken crap, Aaron Donald and chicken crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's already had the experience. I think he's players, been in the interim before in Atlanta. Players love him. Mm. He'd also probably take Eric Henderson. I believe that's his name, the defensive line coach from the Rams. He'd probably take him with him as a defensive coordinator. Another mm. rising star in the industry. Dude's awesome. I think the Falcons, again, they're a good they're a good coaching hire and a quarterback away from actually like turning this thing around. Now it just really depends on what you do with quarterback because, you know, like unless you plan on trading up for one of the guys, which I don't think they will, you can always trade for a guy or sign someone in free agency if you really think like you're a quarterback away from turning this around, especially when if you look around at the division, Baker Mayfield's on a one-year deal. The Panthers are still not it. The Saints are – that guy at the blackjack table who's constantly saying, hit me every mm-hmm. time they uh, go over 21. You can you can sign a Russell Wilson and be like, hey, let's let's see if we can make this work. No. I no. I think I know I think Russ would be at his best in either Pittsburgh. Or also, Atlanta. he's not allowed in Atlanta. Future is from here. That's not gonna fly. It would be hilarious. I think he would get booed. I'm not kidding. Future is like I. I don't think that works. I don't think it's allowed. Like I don't. I genuinely don't think that would go over well. I think for Russ's career, I think he would be at his best in Atlanta because what Russ does now is he is a touchdown or checkdown thrower. He is a 40 yard play or a checkdown. What was the, what were the Falcons? They were missing that explosive component of the offense. Mm. They were missing somebody who would throw the ball downfield and get the most out of that quarter, out of those skill position talents. I think Russ can do that. I I think Justin Fields obviously is priority number one if you can get him. I think Justin Fields would rock in Atlanta. Yeah, but 
if you I can't... just don't like the trading the quarterback stuff. Like those rarely go well. I think it's just you want to reset the contract clock. I think I would rather go first round quarterback. Just have that. Ooh. That's just. I mean, that's the thing. Is like I think you can trade up. I think they they have the firepower to trade up for one with but the Bears. Because the Bears, I think, will end up trading that pick. I think you can get are into you, that number one spot and then take sure? Mayor Caleb. Are you sure the Bears aren't taking a quarterback? I think that the Bears are taking a quarterback and moving off. I don't know about that. I think that I think it is in the best interest of both the Bears and Fields to move on. Yeah. I think Fields needs to be in another environment to grow. And I think the Bears need to reset the clock. But they also could reset the clock and trade back. Like if they get the Falcons number eight, they could still take Jaden Daniels or whoever. Back Why then. can't the Falcons take Jaden Daniels at eight then, huh? Yeah, anyway. I don't think if it, I don't know if Daniels. The thing about Daniels, I don't think, I, I don't think Daniels going to make it to eight. I don't either. Way. But again, this is where the Falcons have always been bad enough to get to top 10, but, mm-hmm. but not like good enough to be just in the top 10, but not yeah. bad enough to be in quarterback range. So that's the whole thing. It's like, hey, guess what? When was the best Falcons era of the last 30 years in my lifetime? I'm 32. What happened? What was the rash? What what happened? You took Matt Ryan and as the first QB take. Like, it's just how this works. Like, if you want the best route to long term success in the National Football League, it's still drafting a quarterback high in the first round. That's still the best path. It's not trading for Justin Fields. It's just not. I think Justin Fields would do would be really fun in Atlanta with those with that skill position talent with a good offensive coordinator in tow but if you look at where the Falcons are right now who are you going to outside of Chicago if they decide to keep fields who are you going to trade up with that's in quarterback range I mean yeah Arizona at four you could be you still could find yourself on the outside looking in yeah I think four is too late I don't think you're gonna do that so I think at this point, the Falcons are better off trading for Fields, who I still think can be a good quarterback in the NFL. I think Fields in Atlanta with that skill position talent, they find a good coordinator. I think that would be really fun. Mm. And even and if it works, you can sign the fifth year. You can sign them to the fifth year. You know, you don't have to pick up the fifth year option immediately with Justin Fields. Just let it ride. I mean, what I would do in terms of, and I tweeted about this, this is the perfect situation for, for the Falcons, for me, in my mind at least, is if Ben Johnson does take the job, mm-hmm. then you trade for Justin Fields. If Brock Bowers is there at eight. Then take Brock Bowers, run 12 personnel all season long with Brock Bowers, Kyle Pitts, Bijan, and Drake London in the field at the same time. Just turn them basically into Lions South and just giggle your way to an NFC South title. Uh, if you that, draft Brock Bowers, I don't think Kyle Pitts is on the roster. I don't know, man. I don't know. Sounds like a lot of fun to me. I, I just that Arthur Smith would love that. That is an Arthur Smith That's type an deal. Arthur Smith ass pick. Yeah, um, it's not going to happen with this. Also, Johnu Smith is still like under contract, mm-hmm. and I think everybody in Atlanta loves Johnu Smith. So, I yeah, hey, I like Johnu Smith. He was getting. They are solid. better off. I think they're much better off trading for a quarterback and then using that eighth overall pick to go to go get another pass rusher, to go get a guy like Dallas Turner or something. That I'd be okay with. 
but also you could trade up in the first round. Take Dallas Turner at eight and then trade back and trade up for either Bonix or uh, Michael Penix. You're trading into the first round for Bo Nix or Michael Penix? Yeah. You you want Terry Fontenot fired. That Terry Fontenot does it. Hold on. Terry Fontenot is now cashing checks for. I, never mind. I'm not going to say anything. Terry Fontenot is. I, I don't really whoever, know what he does here anymore. Um, but yeah. you want whoever runs that fired. Bo Nix mm-hmm. and Michael Penix probably. Are neither of them are going to be first round picks? Am I? Oh, do I you think not they think will. either will be first rounders? I think they will I don't be. Think either of them will I, be. I don't think they should be. I don't think. Mm. E- I don't think either of them will be because if you look at the teams mm. who are currently QB needy, they all stop at like thirteen with Vegas. Pittsburgh Steelers say otherwise, Bob. At twenty three. They're not going to pick a. They're not going to pick a quarterback at twenty three. I'm not. I'm not saying that they should. I'm not ruling it out though. It would be. There is no quarterback worth taking in the first round. We have seen this outside of the top three. We have seen this same scenario play out Absolutely. last mm-hmm. year, and then we saw it with the Kenny Pickett year, where we we're like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of quarterbacks going in the first round. Yeah, and they all sucked. They they're won't, they're not going to go in the first round. I don't think Bo Nix is a first-round quarterback. I don't think Michael Penix is a first-round quarterback. And this is not being hyperbolic based on a national title game. He, it, You're just going to find it really hard to sell me on a guy who is 24 years old, has four season-ending injuries, mm-hmm. and avoids the middle of the field like a plague. Yeah. And Bo Nix, uh, I don't think he does it from an NFL perspective for me. A lot of his yards were manufactured after the catch. And I just worry about him like actually having to read the full field and actually go through progressions. So uh, yeah, there's not going to be outside of Williams, May and Daniels. I don't think there's going to be a first round quarterback this year. Interesting. Um, Pivoting a little bit here. Um, Let's go to the best wildcard round matchup. Which one is it for you, uh, Jared Bailey? What do you think is the best one? Um, I think that it's Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. Um, Storyline-wise and you know, team-wise, the Rams are the hottest team in the, NF- in the NFC right now. Um, and personnel-wise, man, like Stafford's played like a top-five quarterback over the last month and a half. Puka Nakua, we, I mean, we know what he's done this season. He broke a bunch of you know, rookie receiving records and whatnot. Cooper Cup's still that guy. Kyron Williams coming out of nowhere and being a really good running back. Mike probably will get all pro votes, by the way, Kyron Williams will. Like, he's had a fantastic hmm. year. Um, and then defensively, I mean, JP already talked about the job that Raheem Moster has done. Or, I mean, Raheem Moster, Raheem Morris has done hmm. uh, uh, on that side of the ball. Like, we all joked coming into this year, like, name five players that play for the Rams defense and most people probably couldn't, um, but they've got a lot out of guys like Kobe Durant. Uh, Akilah Weatherspoon had a really solid season coming over from Pittsburgh. Um, they, they were just a cast of misfit guys that all played really well. And we make the jokes about, you know, uh, Les Snead and, and the front office for the Rams saying, Hey, F them picks. Well, the late round picks that they had, they knocked all of them out of the park. So, hmm. Um, and then on the Lions side of it, um, if Sam Laporta can't play, that is a giant blow to the Lions because he's played like an all pro tight end this season. He's a focal point of what they do offensively and not having him will be a big blow to them. But regardless, still having that one, two punch of David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, 
um, that's going to be a tough train to stop. And when they are clicking on all cylinders and playing at their very best, they can put up points with anybody in the league. So uh, it'll be very fun to watch these two teams go back and forth. Um, obviously, Detroit being the home team, having the better defense. Um, that even's really stepped up a lot this year, too, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, it, it's going to be the most fun game storyline-wise, and I think it's going to be the best game like on the field product-wise as well. I think it's going to be everything that you could want in a playoff game, you will get Sunday night in Detroit. How do you think it goes? Because, like, in terms of upset potential, I mean, what is the likelihood the Rams win this game just outright? I, th- I think the Rams do win this game outright, um, especially especially if Laporta doesn't play. I think that that's just, he's such a vital part of what they do offensively for the Lions. Um, and I mean, if you lose this, because we saw Jordan Love down the stretch here, and the Packers oh. have their dude again, and, and the Packers you know what, are man? coming next year. I'm not ruling out Green Bay beating Dallas this weekend. I'm not saying I think that they will. It would not shock me if they did. Jordan Love is right now what he did in the last month of the season is playing like a top five ish quarterback. I mean, yeah, if you're a Lions fan, you're just kind of like, oh, no, yeah, (laughs) this was our we finally break through and you're just seeing Jordan Love down the stretch here and the Packers like we'll see if they move on from Joe Barry. I was talking to Theo Ash of Stay Hot uh, earlier tonight about the, the Packers and Love and stuff. And it's like like the ceiling's MVP for Jordan Love. Like the, Jordan Love is now entering that zone where he can be that. And if you're a Lions fan, finished, he just finished what? Like second or third in the league in touchdown passes. Like he, yeah. he played incredible. And that's what missing, just, missing games too. And he's mastered the LaFleur offense. Like he's already yeah. just like, Oh, I, I know what we're doing here. We're good. And they have a young, young ass receiving that's, core. That's that is thing. only like, going to get better. He's thrown to Jaden Reed, who's a rookie. Dante yeah. Wicks, who's a rookie. Christian Watson, who's in his second year. Like this is a Tucker the Packers Craft are winning this division again next year. I hope you enjoyed it, Lions fans, because this was a one and done, unfortunately. And it th- and you might lose your first playoff game, home playoff game in forever, to Matthew Stafford. Just, just a, I'm nervous say, for Lions I don't fans. Sanity. Say that, I don't want to say that I was right in the beginning of the season, but mm. I did kind of call this. Yeah, I said Jordan Love was going to be good. Yeah. And here we are, you know, I, I I think the thing that stands out the most with Jordan Love is how aggressive he is throwing the ball downfield. And Matt LaFleur kind of weaponized that a lot of deep crossing routes over routes. And he's just he's a trick shot thrower. Mm. You know, he's going to try and make the toughest throw. And he has Bro, he hits he hits it. one of the best fadeaway jumpers in the <laughs> NFL right now. He is ungodly he, at that. I, I promise you. He looks like Rogers. He does. He does it. You can tell, like it's like the Spider-Man meme where Peter Parker yeah. is like sitting there like that, and Miles is sitting behind him. That's that was Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers, and you can see the, you can see it. You know, like it's really cool. Just a better hang, potentially. Yeah, he he I'm throws the ball. Man. Throws the ball with such like, con- it's not just aggression; it's confident aggression. Like mm. he's like, all Effortless. right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this throw. Sorry. Effortless velocity. Yeah. That one he had in the end zone uh, against the Bears um, one night ago. Threw between just... like three guys in a window. Yeah, that was just... And just in the perfect spot, man. He's incredible. Right in the red basket, man. He's uh, he's going to be great. And that's just, we know how this goes in this division. <laughs> uh, I just, I feel bad for Lions fans. But enjoy this year. Maybe you win. It, you very much could beat the Rams uh, this weekend and see what it looks like. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I have my doubts about that. Um, 
JP, which 2024 playoff team surprised you the most? Out of all the teams that made the playoffs, which one surprised you the most that they made it in this year? Somehow, this fucking Steelers <laughs> team keeps doing this. Yeah. We, It's like the Homer, the, not Homer, it's the Simpsons meme where they throw the guy out the bar and he's mm-hmm. always coming back. Oh, I'm so glad this, you said that. This Steelers team just keeps doing this. I don't mm-hmm. know how they continue to do it. They always they play the same game every week. The, I kid you not. Yes, that's exactly what the meme is. For the people watching, that is exactly what that meme is. That's funny. The game I tweeted, against the Ravens. I tweeted that from the, uh, from the uh, Behind the Steel Curtain Twitter account. Go follow us. On week 18, the game between the Steelers and the Ravens was every Steelers game this year. It was joyless schlock ball <laughs> that the Steelers end up making one big play, and that ends up leading to a 14-7 win where everybody fumbled. Like, that, that is how the Steelers win. I don't know how they do it. I don't know what deal with whatever God you believe in. I don't know who they signed it with, but they just continue to do this, and I don't know how. I think the other team that I put here is the Cleveland Browns, Being like legit with Joe Flacco at quarterback, that's a game that I'm really excited for. Browns, Texans, I'm I'm hyped for that game. But yeah, the Steelers just they can't keep getting away with it. That's the thing, man. They so every game except two has been basically the same. And the only mm. two that have been different are uh, week 16 and 17 when they w- won 34-11 against Cincy, and then they won 30-23 to against the Seahawks. Um, the run game's come alive a lot over the last month. I think since week 12, uh, they have the second-best ground attack in the NFL. So Najee Harris and Jalen Warren have been so good. Um, and guys like Isaac Samalo at left guard, James Daniels at right guard, uh Broderick Jones they've all been really good run blocking um having Broderick Jones has really opened up that run game especially the outside run game too um especially when they pull him and get him in space um and I pointed this out earlier they're doing this not just with Mason Rudolph who is the third quarterback that they've used this year defensively they are beat to shit man and um they lost Cole Holcomb they lost Quan Alexander Landon Roberts went down recently with injury so they resort to giving miles jack a ring who is retired and man owning minor league hockey teams and working construction and just keeping himself busy they sign him and he comes in against cincinnati and legitimately has his best game as a Steeler in either run because he had to fill in for a landon roberts who injured his uh pectoral muscle um so he basically played the entire game with the green dot after just getting elevated from the practice squad they uh, signed Eric Rowe off the streets as well because Nika Fitzpatrick went down. Demonte Casey got suspended. Uh, Trenton Thompson, Elijah Riley, they all got injured. They moved Patrick Peterson back to safety because they really didn't have any other options. So they are just moving pieces around in this final stretch of the year. And it just so happens that Patrick Peterson's played really well at safety. Eric Rowe, Eric Rowe has been a godsend. If Eric Rowe doesn't get signed, I don't think the Steelers make the playoffs because he's hmm. been awesome. Um, same thing with Miles Jack. Um, Alander Roberts came back. He's basically playing like Cody Rhodes did in his Hell in a Cell match, where he's half of his body is just black and blue. I don't know if that's what Alander Roberts' body looks like right now, but I don't know how high he can lift his arm. Like he's playing with his his shoulder and like one of those like uh, mobile braces things. 
I don't know how healthy he is, but he gutted out playing against Baltimore. I don't know how they're doing it, man. Um, obviously, they've had a bunch of really nice performances. George Pickens has had a really good month. Um, but they won against Baltimore without him getting a target. The only touch that he had was a three-yard carry. So they've had a lot of guys step up, and somehow, some way, all the dominoes fell their way. And even with a win against Baltimore, like everybody was crowding the TV in Pittsburgh saying, okay, we need either the Titans or the Dolphins to win. And lo and behold, the the former Steeler Mike Vrabel gave him a gave him a hand. So it all the dominoes fell their way. And like I said, I don't think they're gonna go far. I don't think they're getting past the wild card round, but the fact that they're even here to begin with, it's uh yeah, it's black magic, man. It's it's crazy. Um Tape don't lie this week, JP. What flipped for the Bills in the last six games on offense? What was uh, Joe Brady cooking that uh, changed the Bills? Just real season. They're hosting a playoff game, and we thought this was all over on this very program a month ago. They were actually willing to run the football. Hmm. I think as good as Ken Dorsey was, and as much as I thought, like, oh, he's kind of been scapegoated a little bit, he was also kind of unwilling to run the football. Mm. And that's something where the Bills have kind of leaned into that as the season has gone on, as, as you get into times where you need to run the football to win football games. And the Bills are able to do that effectively. I think Josh Allen has played okay. I think there have been games where, like, man, it looks really rough right now. Like, it's kind of eh. He's been kind of eh. But the run game being as effective as it is and then the defense just being able to find a way has been the biggest thing. But they've included a lot more power run schemes, like pulling the tackles, running a lot of counter, instead of just running outside zone a lot. So it's that willingness to get into the run game that really has – help this offense kind of take off a little bit. And, you know, you you get hot at the right time. You catch a Miami team that it's just brutal for them. I, I feel bad because they were three minutes away in Tennessee from locking up that division. Or not in Tennessee. They're three minutes away against Tennessee from locking up that division, up 14. And now you have to go to Kansas City in below zero weather without your starting four, your first four edge rushers, your starting middle linebacker, your other corner outside of Jalen Ramsey is hurt. Javon Holland's hurt. Jalen Waddle might not play. Raheem Mostert also might not play. You're going to Kansas City with Melvin Ingram and Emmanuel Ogba as your starting edge, edge rushers. It's just brutal. Just brutal for them. I feel bad. But congrats to the Bills for – finding out where they needed to improve and kind of hammering that run game. And not even, not only that, but like defensively, man, they've been really good. And when they traded for Russell Douglas at the trade deadline, I think a lot of us just went, oh, okay, you know, that's, yeah, that's fine. He's changed the, the identity of their defense. He's been incredible. He got hurt last night too. And uh, he talked about it post game where uh, Dane Jackson, uh, backup cornerback, told him, was like, look, Razul, if you can't go, I got you. And I think just having that kind of trust has really helped this team a lot. Deion Dawkins talked about the trust of this team, too. Like, 
um, when they were sitting at six and six, it was, you know, the, uh, he said it was the cornhole games. It was the Uno games. It was just the team unity. I think that really got them through. So, you know, we were sitting here, they're six and six. We saw the gauntlet that they had to run Kansas mm-hmm. city, Dallas, Miami, and they were, they had one loss that they could get. If you lose, you, you get one more loss, but after that, you're probably done. And they ran through the gauntlet unscathed and, says a lot about how they responded to all the adversity from the Ty Dunn article about Sean McDermott, um, all the adversity of the Von Miller situation, all the adversity of the games that they let slip away. Um, yeah, they've, they've adjusted when needed, and Sean McDermott has adjusted when needed, and that has been a big thing for them too. And that was one thing that stood out to me last night was Sean McDermott didn't coach in his fears. Like with in the fourth quarter, it was fourth and one. They were in their own territory and they went for it. I don't think Sean McDermott does that at the beginning of the season. And then later on, it's fourth and one at Miami's 37. They go for it again. Now they didn't get it, but I think the fact that Sean McDermott has shown this aggression and the belief in his offense, that says a lot. Cause like I said, I don't think that he does that in years past. I don't think he does that in weeks past. And the fact that he has grown in terms of saying, okay, I, I think he's, understood and accepted that he needs to be more aggressive and he needs to change and he hasn't got so far lost in his ways. I think that's big for them too. So um, yeah, in terms of hottest teams in the NFL right now, they are certainly at the top of that list. And I said, uh, I tweeted it out and put it on social. I think they keep running the gauntlet and get to the Super Bowl. Um, This is at the peak of their powers, man, Buffalo is the last team I want to see. And yes, Josh Josh Allen is going to make <laughs> – he did it last night. He's going to make at least one throw a game that makes you just scream at your TV and be like, Josh, what in the hell are you doing? Um, I don't know if it's a Gabe Davis thing more so or anything because the communication with him and Gabe Davis is never on. But God almighty, man. Are He's a either of y'all willing to put your name on them winning the AFC now? No. Yes. Okay. I will. I will happily do it. I still think this is setting up very nicely for Kansas City to do. Oh this no, thing. no. I it, think, dude. They, here's the thing. I if think they do the thing, if let's say that the Chiefs go to go to Buffalo and they beat the Bills in Buffalo, that's that's a funeral. That's nobody in Buffalo is gonna like. That is devastating. If you're the Bills, man. I also don't think the Chiefs are beating the Dolphins this weekend. Oh, okay. I think they're beating the Dolphins. What? They're beating the, the Dolphins are so here's a fun fact. I talked to Matt Verderam of the MMQB today. We mm-hmm. were talking about um like historical, like what the Dolphins are and and cold weather. I think in their last 10 games of playing in games under 40 degrees, they are 0 and 10. They do not play well. Sounds like time well for a streak weather. to end, Jared Bailey. I, look, man. The Kansas City Chiefs. Like they're going to get, they're going to send pressure at Tua. Spags is going to just be a madman for three hours and say, all right, we're going to press the hell out of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill because they have the corners to do it. Jalen Waddle might not play. And Jalen Waddle might not okay, play. Okay, that so changes they might be my like, opinion. Mostert might not play either. Okay, that also changes my they opinion. They also don't to... have anybody on defense. Well, Bradley Chubb's out, but you know. And Jalen Phillips. And Jalen Phillips. But it's still a good and, defense, man. And Jerome Baker. But you know what's out. nice? There's no receivers on the opposite side. There's a Chiefs team that 
I don't know. I don't think they're going to be Travis great. Kelsey, this is going to be though. close. Anyone who doesn't, who thinks it's going to be a blowout, I think is wrong. I think this oh, is going to be a very close game. This might get ugly. I don't think the score is going to indicate a blowout, but I think I don't think the result's ever going to be in doubt. I think, I think it'll be, it's going to be like a twenty to ten game in I cold weather. It, it's going to be ugly. I think the Chiefs are going to win because their defense is ungodly good. That's one thing about the Chiefs. I think, their offense has been putrid, but their defense has been incredible. Sorry. Jay. I think it's going to get ugly, and not mm. only do I say that because the Dolphins don't have anybody healthy right now, but you're facing an Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes who both a have already seen you. And B have given an extra week to prepare for you. Good luck, man. Like I again, you're going to negative. Like you're going to be below zero, and you have to face those guys. I, I kind. There's this small belief in the back of my mind that Chiefs are going to do the thing again. I and the the reason why I think so is because I think the Chiefs' offense has started to find the find the answers a little bit. Mm. Both Christmas, they started to find the answers. And Rasheed Rice coming along well has helped them out a lot. Travis Kelsey kind of operating that in that in-between area. And anybody in the AFC can get got. Like, this yeah. is not the same, like, one dominant team. Of course, the Ravens. And that's going to be the biggest issue is getting through the Ravens. Yeah, I think the NFC's done. I think it's just Cowboys, Niners, and the NFC title game. And I don't think so. Uh, don't, don't roll out the Rams. So. If if I'm the Niners, I do not want to see the Rams, man. Don't think so. I think if there's any team capable of making a 2012 Joe Flacco run or a 2021 Matthew Stafford run, <laughs> it's Matthew Stafford. Like that's the that's the one team. Like I I do not want to face that team. Mm. Um, Dallas is going to get home field until they go to until face, face the Niners. Yeah, which is huge. But I, just, I don't know. I, I'm very nervous when it comes to the Cowboys, especially their defense. I don't know if their defense is built for, uh, for winning playoff football. How um, good would Bills Cowboys be for a Super Bowl? Great history there. Fun that's, game. That, Dak that's versus my pick Josh to do Allen. It. That was my pick preseason. I like it. Stinky. That's not stinky. That's going to be a great game. That's not- Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Stinky JP. <laughs> I'm just talking so the about the in the game. That's fun. Yeah. I'm talking about the overall vibes. Give me, and the preseason, I said Chiefs Niners. Ugh. But You've already seen me, it. Give me Ravens Niners again. Give me I'm that, okay with that in the Super Bowl again. 
give me the two best teams in football playing in playing in the Super Bowl. Give me that again. I would. I don't think it. it's a better game than Bills Cowboys though. It is absolutely a better game than Bills Cowboys. I think Bills Cowboys has like all kinds because, of late game drunkenness potential. Because the Cowboys are going to be away from home, so you know the Cowboys are going to stink it up. Where is it this year? It's in Vegas. Vegas. Oh, see, they're going to get up. No, it's an indoor. It'll be fine. Cowboys will be fine. No, they're not going to be fine. It's it's a road game, and they have anxiety on the road. I'll tell you what, I, I would love. I would love Bills Rams. I think that would be fun. Dr- bunch of drunk fun mm-hmm. there. You know what would be just the funniest outcome? <laughs> Browns Lions. Browns Rams would be oh. so funny. <laughs> it would be so funny because let me go check this to make sure I'm not going crazy. But when was Joe Flacco's first game as a start as the starting Browns quarterback? Uh, was it was the Rams. the Rams? It was against it the Rams. Was yeah. the Rams. <laughs> so we just come back full circle in the Super Bowl. I'm now okay. This is what I want. I <laughs> I decided that I want this now. Joe Flacco coming full circle. First game he started was against the Rams. He finishes it out against the Rams in the Super Bowl. I want that. I'm, Give me that. I'm, I'm all for the Rams or. The whole like Joe Flacco having his Kurt Warner run because the thing that's very parallel where where Kurt Warner took over the Cardinals starting job they go nine and seven nobody expects them to go to the Super Bowl they somehow get there running the gauntlet um, and then Flacco by the way if Flacco does get to the Super Bowl he has to go back to Baltimore and go through the Ravens to do it and wouldn't that both in this made up scenario both Stafford and Flacco would have to go back to their old teams and and get to the Super Bowl by going back to the places that they started their careers and knocking out their former teams. I'm all for it. I do think a very underrated game of Wild Card Weekend is Bucks Eagles because that's play- going to be an ugly football game. Man. They played in Week Three, and those are two completely different teams now. Yeah, I think this is a Eagles fuck around if you want to game. <laughs> you you fuck around. <laughs> you're gonna let the Bills beat you in not the Bills. You're gonna let the Bucks beat you. Because they will be at home, and I think Baker Mayfield does the thing where he has too much dip on his chip. <laughs> but sometimes it works, and it works against teams who are bad at linebacker and safety. Well, guess what the mm-hmm. Eagles are? They're going to spam Chris Godwin option routes the entire game. And with A.J. Brown not healthy, Jalen Hurts dislocating a finger on his Yeah, that was nasty. Hand. Hey, man, fuck around if you want to. You'll find out quickly. Like I, I would not screw around with this team because you will end up going home, and then there's going to be a lot of seats on fire in Philadelphia. There's some like uh, some people thinking that Sirianni is going to be gone after this year in Philadelphia. If they lose to Baker Mayfield in the playoffs, I would entertain it a little bit. I just think I they think... lost too much brain drains too quickly. Is Absolutely. my gut. I think that's just what happened here. I would they're the only team in the NFL to start ten and one and end the season with five or more losses. I don't know. The dude was just in the Super Bowl. If, it, if the Jaguars did not do what they did, mm-hmm. that would be the biggest story of the of the year so far. I'm more concerned he did the weird Matt Patricia late season. I that was that's, that's the thing. Like this that's, that's been... another reason why this should be like, hey, I'm a little concerned here. Yeah. Because so many knee jerk reactions with this team. Massive yeah. overcorrection. And not even an overcorrection. You went from a bad defense to the worst defense in the league. 
yeah. by hire going from a defensive coordinator who wasn't that great to the worst defense coordinator in the league. Yeah. Like who could have thought that hiring <laughs> Matt Patricia would end up being bad for you in the long Darius Slay may have had a take on it. <laughs> hey man, maybe Darius Slay should maybe Darius Slay should have spoken up more. Maybe they would have actually mm. gotten maybe they actually would have listened to him a little bit. But this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun wild card weekend. I think there are a lot of cool stories. So people stop dunking on Peacock. Peacock's a great uh sports app. Like the college basketball look is fantastic. Like I don't know if you have watched a college basketball game on Peacock. Watch great score basketball. look. Yeah, it's the, good. The Caitlin Clark game winner I didn't think actually counted because Peacock was like five seconds off. Hold on. That's a different yeah, the, thing. The but it's a good score look. Yeah, that was yeah. It looks good. Peacock's fine. Stop dunking on Peacock. Peacock's I, good. My biggest thing is you're only making it Peacock exclusive. Yeah. And you're not going to, and they've all, Peacock has already said they're not doing free trials this weekend. Oh, did they say that? <laughs> yeah. You better pay that $6, buddy. That's funny. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, I already yeah. paid for it. I, I need my King of Queens reruns, but um, that, look. It's the whitest sentence anybody's ever said out loud. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. I wish imp- Evan imp- was here. I wish Evan was here to hear to listen to that. All right. Impromptu he knows. Uh, sitcom dad draft. I'm taking Arthur Spooner. One, one, one. Yeah. Oh, Arthur Spooner is fantastic. I don't know if he goes above Frank Burns, but he's not Frank Burns. What's his? What's Frank? Frank Barone. Oh, and uh, everybody loves Raymond. Oh, yeah. yeah. Frank's good. But, yeah. Elizabeth's really good. I mean, there's no, a, we can, I have to think about it for a second, but no, there's, there's a lot of good ones here. Um, but yeah, no, Arthur Spinner. Fantastic. King of Queens reruns like that. That's reason to know. Peacock's not paying me for this ad read. Hey, subscribe to Peacock today and enjoy some <laughs> classic King of Queens. Might I suggest uh, the episode where uh, Doug's mom is still close friends with uh, Doug's high school girlfriend and Carrie gets jealous. One of those middle seasons. Go ahead and dive in there. I gotta um, say, so many sitcom wives are just the worst. Like Carrie Heffernan, not good. Deborah Barone, worse. I don't. Wow. Not a fan of either of the wives on that show. Hmm. <laughs> I think uh, Carrie has a lot of points here because Doug is a very bad husband on this Doug show. Doug is Jared. hilarious, man. Oh, it's great. Great. The man is not equipped. The episode where he uh, hurts his back and he has a uh, Carrie bring in his. Uh, he has to bring in like the black and white TV for a Super Bowl party, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody leaves to go to his other coworkers' Super Bowl party. The only <laughs> the line I remember is he's like, "He's like, all right, if you guys leave now, you're not invited to my Stanley Cup sleepover." And that part just always made me laugh. JP is he is so this is the greatest segment we've ever done. <laughs> I mean, look, on this program, we're a very family centered program. We love uh, the my sitcoms. dad. My dad uh, loved King of Green. King of Queens when I was growing up, so I'm I'm very familiar with uh with King of Queens. Oh, we had the whole DVD set. Good Lord, dude! They used to. There's this channel called Peachtree TV, the local station oh uh, in Atlanta, and they would have reruns of um, King of Queens every night, and it was just top notch. And I love the sound, the Peachtree TV. It was like a cool little. It had Peachtree Street on it, and it was just good Atlanta. It's one of those local like public broadcasting type things. It was good just top-notch stuff there was when i was in like seventh grade i would come home i don't know why i did this but like i would turn on ion television i love just, ion are you talking some criminal minds or is that what you're doing so it wasn't even what's criminal the jennifer minds. love hewitt show that she was on there that's for it that has she, been on she was on criminal minds for a minute no but she was on another one on ion what was the I think other it was, one i think it was fbi was it was that the one no was it wasn't on? it was something 
I don't remember, notes. but the show yeah. that I watched every day after school, I'd come home, I'd turn on Walker, Texas Ranger would be on. Mm. And the theme song for Walker, Texas Ranger would always get stuck in my head. And I will remember every word of that song until the day I die. Never saw an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, but Walker, Texas really? Ranger used to be on right after uh, Matlock on WGN. And WGN was my jam. And as y'all know, Matlock, just Atlanta's best attorney um of all time was good because i grew up a bulls fan and they Mm. anytime the bulls weren't on like nationally that's where they were on so and those uh derrick rose carlos boozer the wall dang teams those were Mm. wgn place to be at like super station fantastic fantastic stuff these are all words that (laughs) i'm sure make sense to both of y'all i talked about derrick rose in the in the bulls you're a basketball guy jp I'm not talking about Derrick Rose and the Bulls. I'm talking about WGN and Matlock. Ah. Like, have you ever watched a Matlock episode, JP? Absolutely not. I've never watched. I've never watched what? a Matlock episode either. <laughs> I'm 23 years old, man. Talk about some Matlock. <laughs> He's such a good attorney. I'm John sure Delaney has a. Uh... I will take your word for it. I love John Matlock. Will- I have the... Hold on. Do you see this right here? Mm-hmm. Hold on. Matlock. Is that is that who that is? Yeah, it's Matlock. Ben I'm Matlock. I thought that was Howard Stellenberger. <laughs> it, it, he's dressed just like Howard Stellenberger would dress. No, it's Matlock. Word. Best de- defense attorney out there. Loved his gray suits. Dude had to go on. I'm going to have to like go back and find shows that like I used to watch a lot of like either live action. I watched a lot of Boomerang. It's like a lot of classic. Never cartoons. did that. Weren't a Boomerang kid. I wasn't a Boomerang kid. I did Power Rangers. Um, Big Bad Beetleborgs. Obviously the Disney Channel original movies. Big um, Bad what? Pa- the Big Bad. Wait, what? Big Bad Beetleborgs. What in God's name is that? I've never heard of that in my life. Hold on. Y'all know Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> it was on right after Power Rangers. I, I didn't. I didn't watch. I mean, I've seen. You didn't do Rangers. Fox Kids. You were too late for Fox Kids after no. school because it was Spider Man the animated series. It was Power Rangers, Big Bag, Beetleborgs. Um, I was on. I was Kids WB for a long time because that had um, like the early two thousands, the Batman. Uh, it had Animaniacs. Sonic. It had uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of the early two thousands. That was a that was a go to the Winx Club. Winx Club ruled. I grew up with three sisters, so I watched. Oh, I love Ghost Rider. I don't know if you ever watched Ghost Rider. I never watched Ghost Rider. That was that was my jam because I was really into that public broadcasting stuff, and it was you could learn in that one. I'm dropping the big bad big works, but Ghost Rider had a great song where it's like Ghost Rider word. Isn't wait, isn't he's Ghost a ghost Rider and the, he talks uh... to us. He's a Ghost Rider. Oh, Ghost Rider, not not the Nicolas Cage movie. No, 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 no. Ghost Rider. I was like, they turned Ghost Rider into a kid. No, and it, they had the main, say. the star, Stephen, Samuel Jackson makes a cameo as the grandfather in the opening credits, and you never see him again. And it's just, it's a great, great one that you just never know it's coming. And then um, there's uh, the lead actor, his name always stuck with me. He didn't do anything else after. Sheldon Turnipseed. I just love that name so much. <laughs> That's terrific. I was a a bear in the big blue house kid for a little yeah. bit. That was that was a good one. Uh, me and my sisters really love watched that just to like house. feel nostalgic. Yeah, yeah. I watched it like recently just because like I, I saw it on I think it was Disney Plus and I was like, oh yeah, I, 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 let's feel nostalgic for a minute and just see if I remember anything. Weird show, weird hmm. show. This 
very uh was that a jim henson production that felt like one i don't know but uh when i was little they had a bear in the big blue house like live show in gainesville oh that's cool and my grandparents took me and my sister it was awesome that sounds fun big blues clues kid as well um Never did. that was my brother my brother that was a little bit late for me because there was also blues clues and he was into little bear little bear slapped yeah i like mm-hmm. little bear franklin the turtle that was See, that, I all missed all that. I, I missed all that. I will tell you, someone compared me to Caillou the other day, and that was that was that, that is was, rough. That's rough. That's rough. That's mm-hmm. rough. That is, those those are fighting words. I'm yeah, sorry. You, for sure. You I'm married. I'm content, man. Uh, who cares? I remember vividly watching. Um, like I was in like probably third grade. Me and my friend were like watching like Family Guy on Adult Swim, and um, Team America World Police came on directly after it. And it's the first time I saw Team America World Police, mm. which is one of my one of the stupidest and funniest movies uh, in the history of cinematics. I don't have you guys seen Team America? Yeah, okay. it's been a long time. JP, yeah. you've never seen Team America World Police? No, he wasn't even born in Team America World Police. America, fuck yeah! You know, I, you know I'm sure that? I know the I know that, but I don't know the show. It's I know not it's a show. Movie. It's a movie. It's, it's a movie. I know the meme. I don't know the movie. Mm. oh man yeah you gotta you're not missing much it's okay that's a lie it's okay so funny it's okay it's so stupid and funny if you watch it for the first time in your 20s i don't know how much it hits i watched it i mean for the first time as like a nine-year-old but see it's very funny i i was a disney channel and disney xd kid and also cartoon you like disney xd I love Disney X. Oh, Randy, that's where we differ. Randy Cunningham, Ninth Grade Ninja, was my shit. Um, my sister's like Zeke and Luther from that, and I was not a fan. Zeke and Luther was so stupid. Uh, Pair of Kings rocked. The theme song for Pair of Kings Pair rocked. Pair of Kings rocked. Um, they had Phineas and Ferb on there before they moved to yeah. Disney Channel. Gravity Falls is amazing. Gravity Falls is an XD show? Mm-hmm. Gravity Falls is an XD show. Um what else was on there? Man. Chase, I have a I have a question about a Disney movie that um so don't ask me why I know all the specifics of this, but you guys you guys will appreciate this. So it was the week that Michael Jackson died. And I was <laughs> What a start to a sentence. I don't Whoa. know what's going. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. the week that the week that Michael Jackson died, um, and I woke up from a Michael Jackson related dream. Don't know why Michael Jackson was in my dream. I think it was just because like I saw that he died. So he's, I had Michael Jackson on the brain uh-huh. and I woke up and Disney Channel was on my TV and it was a movie with like this dude riding a bicycle. And at the end, they are near a Buffalo and they sing. We all need someone to lean on to the Buffalo. What movie is that? It felt like a 90s Disney movie. He was staying. Hold on. He, was it a Lawrence brother? A Lawrence brother. The Lawrence brothers. Did you not? What do you mean? Oh, no, no. Brotherly love, like, the Lawrence brothers? It was like a 19-year-old um, Pacific Islander kid, if I had to describe him. He was riding a bike. He was they riding sing a, to a bike. And they sing to a buffalo. They sing to a buffalo. It, yeah. Was it Buffalo Dreams? It might be that. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, it uh, was. Look, did you say he was riding a bike? Yeah. Yeah, it's Buffalo Dreams. Okay, cool. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I didn't have like a fever dream at the age of nine. No. There were some great Disney Channel original movies, though. Yeah, like Brink. We got Johnny Tsunami. We could just... Starstruck. Starstruck. Johnny Tsunami. Johnny Tsunami rock. Johnny Tsunami. 
Jet Jackson. I used to do the handshake with my friends, like the 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 Jet Jackson with um, um Johnny handshake urchins. urchins let it shine forever. is my Let it shine is one of my favorite Disney Channel original movies. Never that saw was, it. It was it's so it you. I'm not gonna say you have to go and watch it because it was made like right in that like 2010 to 2013 range. Mm. So like watching it now, it's like dang. It feels kind of cringy, but when I was like, when I was a kid, that was my favorite movie. It was oh, Tyler cool. James Williams. Yeah, okay. it was awesome. The final rap battle. The final rap battle is. I think about that often. That is my Roman <laughs> Empire. That's my Roman Empire. <laughs> There's a lot of like um, Minutemen with uh, oh, Jason Dolly. It was really that's, good. That's real. That's a real movie right there. Yeah. Um, Jump in with Corbin Blue and Kiki Palmer was really really Lemonade good. Lemonade mouth. Lemonade Mouth is good. Star. But see, y'all don't know anything about Suzy Q, right? Like, you didn't watch Suzy Q in the early nineties. You mentioned this this movie so many different times. You really like want us to watch Suzy Q. Suzy Q is the OG. I'm telling you, it's the old. It was the first one, and then you have two. I think it was Toothless with uh, Fun fact: There is a uh, there's a place there's a barbecue place in Mobile, which uh, JP and I will be in for the Senior Bowl in a matter of weeks, called Suzy Q's. I will be attending Suzy Q's at least once while in Mobile because it does serve really good food. There you go. Good stuff all around. All right, y'all. Well, that's all I've got right now. Yeah, I might go watch like a Blue's Clues episode just to feel nostalgic and feel something again. There you I'm go. Go watch Sonic. Hey. Oh, there you go. I need to watch you... Sonic too, the movie because I like the. JP first has one. tweeted a lot about Sonic and Knuckles over the past like two weeks. Knuckles yeah. is he in the second one? Yes. Okay. But I've been watching a uh, Sonic Boom. It was a, it's mm. a, a cartoon. I think it's a Cartoon Network show. Uh, it's Sonic, but it's so funny. Hmm. the The jokes are so funny. Like they actually like they get me to laugh now mm-hmm. as a twenty three year old, and not. But they also made me laugh when I was like a kid watching them. Hmm. There you go. Um. Well, folks, uh, JP, what can the good folks check out from you across SBNation.com this week? So got a mock draft dropping, well, on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning, going to be post-college football mock draft. Um, did a podcast with Bill Barnwell from ESPN that dropped uh, earlier that you should go and listen to. I talked about the Jaguars, talked about, a lot about football, talked some pro wrestling, uh, just kind of going everywhere. Establish the fun. We'll be back this Friday talking some playoff matchups, but just follow along. See where I'm going. See what I'm doing. There you go. Jared Bailey, what about you over at uh, USA Today, the pump fake and behind the steel curtain? Yeah, me and uh, Matt Vertoram of the MMQB uh, recorded a podcast today, so that'll be out by the time this comes out as a podcast. Yeah, just talking a lot about uh, wildcard weekend in terms of each matchup, what it could hold, a lot about um, Josh Allen and the Bills, because I mean, everybody who knows me knows how high I am uh, on them. Um, how fun that the uh, the Browns and Texans matchup will be now that CJ Stroud's going to be playing in this one. He didn't play in the first one, so... Yeah, just a, a lot of fun to look forward to in Wild Card Weekend. Um, the uh, playoff power rankings are out. Uh, I compared the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers to the uh, the uh, female assassin spy and Austin Powers, a spy who shagged me. Um, so go read, go read that. Um, and then I did a really like a little something a little bit outside the box 
for me personally, at least uh, for USA Today, which should be out by the time this comes out as a podcast. Um, just talk about Aaron Rodgers and not necessarily the on the field stuff. Just like, you know, if you're the Jets, is all of this like worth it? And mm. they won't know if it's worth it until they, you know, until he's playing. And, uh, you know, once all it's, you know, said and done with his time with the Jets, it's just, you know, it started off as being, you know, harmless, you know, look at me type stuff. But now it's really escalated to, you know, this is a this, this is a, a problem. And uh, so I just kind of talked about that and uh, the deep dive of the you know, Aaron Rodgers look at me saga for the past two years now it's been. So that should be out by the time this comes out as a podcast. Go read that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff. There you go. JP Jarrett. Thank you as always, my good friends, and I will talk to y'all next week. All right, hello. Welcome back. Chase House Podcast, taping this on a Monday night. Old friend, stay hot zone. Theo Ash is here. Theo, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Look at that. You're just so sustained. You're just like, I'm, I'm hanging out. It's good. I was diagnosing some plays. How has Theo Ash spent his uh, NFL Monday? Uh, have you been in the film room? What does it look I, like for you today? I have been in the film room working on my NFL playoff predictions, uh, mm. putting together my you know keys to the game. So today I've been watching a lot of Browns defensive film uh, in preparation to, for their matchup with the Texans and how that's going to go. So that's been my main project today. Well, it's better than my day because me and the the Atlanta sports guys have been in group chat hell uh, <laughs> with what's going on with the Atlanta Falcons. So it's uh, it's pretty dark. I'll just go ahead and tell you, Theo. It's a dark timeline right now in Atlanta. What else is new? I, I think it's yeah. just the same timeline that you've been on. Um, I think it's just a dark place. It really is. I wouldn't recommend it uh, for anybody, uh, Theo. But you know, it's not a dark place that I just I don't know if you're surprised to be here. But the Packers obviously make the playoffs. The Packers, um, Jordan Love turning the corner uh, this season and really solidifying himself as the long term answer uh, for the Packers at QB. Are you officially sold on what Jordan Love can be? And what what do you think his ultimate ceiling is? Is it NFL MVP? Is it 10 to 15 range is it um somewhere in that Zach zone where he's regarded as one of the best but never the best what where is jordan love for you right now i think his ceiling is is mvp of the league i i think that it's i mean if we're talking ceiling ceiling like why not you know i i think that it didn't surprise me the results that he had this year watching his film this offseason i found myself becoming very jordan love pilled I, I actually really liked his body of work and the limited snaps that we saw from him. Even going back to the Chiefs game where they shredded him with the blitz, I thought that I saw his brain working in a way that made sense to me in terms of processing information on the football field. And even in that game, he was trying to get it to Devontae Adams one-on-one down the field and standing in there. And I saw him hit anticipation shots over the middle of the field versus the Lions in that season. And then I saw him versus the Eagles hitting the top of his drop, getting the ball out fast, like hitting whole shots, throwing with anticipation, splitting hook defenders. Like it was all there in that Eagles game. And when you looked at his Utah State film, when he's running around and making all these crazy highlights, you're like, okay, this is a guy who can operate an offense and offers you 
a lot of the out of structure stuff. And these last seven weeks, we have seen a guy who is kind of a master of both worlds where he's executing a LaFleur offense, you know, a Shanahan tree offense that has a lot of motion and has a lot of the bells and whistles you're looking for to make things easy. But he can also do it with pressure in his face off of his back foot from multiple arm slots. He can break tackles like this year. He stiff armed Max Crosby to the ground and, and picked up a first down that way. You know, he's big. He cuts back when he runs like he's got the huge arm. Uh, so I, I, I think the sky's the limit with Jordan Love. The, the second half of the year, I think he's been playing as good as any quarterback. And I mean, I, I what's think different that, in the second half? I think that the rest of the team really has has locked in. I think that this hmm. LaFleur offense is easy if you get it down pre-snap. But in terms of running the right, right routes, you know, getting set pre-snap, motion takes time. Like you don't get as much time to just look at things and get guys set. Because a solid, you know, three, four seconds of the of the play clock needs to account to someone going in motion. And I think their pre-snap processes in the beginning of the season were all out of whack. I don't think people knew what they were doing. Just tons of penalties, tons of miscommunications. Like it looked like, especially a game against the Vikings, the first one they played, it, they looked like garbage, really, from an operational standpoint. But I think as the the season has gone on. The, the youngest team in the league has started to pick it up a little bit more and guys have been able to reach their full potential now that they actually understand everything that's happening and what it's supposed to look like. And I think that's what's changed over the second half of the year. It's fun. I, I can't wait for love versus Dak. I think this is going to be a really, really fun matchup. What's your immediate gut reaction to this for the Packers? Is this a good one do you think they can win this one where are you uh at with cowboys packers i think they can win it for sure i mean i don't i don't know if they will win it uh, their defense allowed 30 points to the panthers it, it has been a rough go of it all year for that side of the ball but i think that the jordan love and the offense are going to be able to score points the cowboys have struggled with motion they've been hit with a lot of injuries in the linebacker room you know going back to the the cardinals game they got upset because guys were going in motion in the second level, couldn't quite sort it out, and they just got killed on the ground that way. you know. And the, the Packers are a much better team than, than the Cardinals are. They got killed by the, the Cowboys. They got killed by the 49ers, who obviously have a Shanahan tree coach in Kyle Shanahan. You know, They put up 50, and then they got beat by the Dolphins as well. So guys who run that sort of system, run that sort of scheme, can cause this Cowboys defense major problems. I, I think that the pass rush is obviously ferocious in Dallas, but you know, you start to look at that second and third level, there are guys who can be picked on and we have a coach who is very good at <laughs> exploiting those kinds of things. So it'll, it'll be, how can they take Micah Parsons out of the game? How can they get him to pat his feet? How can they get him to, you know, have to think a little bit more and, and not be in situations where he can just pin his ears back and rush. And if they can do that, I think they've got a, good sh chance to make it at least a shootout and you know make it close and anything could happen from there um you talked about the defense that seems been that's just been an issue obviously go long td friend of the pod ty dunn he did a really good piece on uh this defense and go, highly encourage folks to go read go long td um one of the best independent nfl blogs out there and it's something that i thought was really fascinating it's just that like what this season could have been if you don't bring back Joe Barry, do you think about that a lot of like, if you made a change before this year, because you've seen 
Jordan Love make the jump and these receivers start to get more comfortable with how young they are that like, man, do you think they win the division potentially? Like, is this a team that's in the top three in the NFC if they even get a league average defensive coordinator replace Barry this offseason, this past offseason? I think they could. I mean, they're sixth in offensive DVOA right now. Mm. I, I, I don't know exactly where the Lions finished, but it can't be too much higher than that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the defense folding in, in multiple situations, allowing like their game against Tommy DeVito was embarrassing and how easy things were for him. Um, their game against the Panthers was embarrassing, although I did think Bryce Young hit some money throws that you got to give him a lot of credit for in that one more than DeVito did. But yeah, I definitely think about it a lot. Uh, Barry is someone who's never really had a ton of success anywhere that he's been as a defensive coordinator. In fact, Green Bay is by far his most successful stop in terms Mm. of, you know, points allowed and yards allowed, which is bad, right? So they wanted someone from that Shanahan, uh, not from that Shanahan tree, that Fangio tree who is kind of working in LA when they won the Super Bowl that puts too high and works the split field safety stuff. Um, that's a part of that world, just like they were trying to be on the cutting edge of the offensive side of it with the with the Shanahan stuff and hiring Lafleur. You know, this was kind of the defensive answer, but that tree kind of get picked thin. And Joe Barry is someone that you know wasn't necessarily, I think, the the best guy to hire, even though they did want a certain defensive scheme. And yeah, I, w- I would definitely be interested in seeing this team with a guy like Wink Martindale who is, you know, man coverage on the back end and send the blitz. Like, I, I feel like Green Bay has a lot of good players in Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander. Um, but they they just played dumb and they never quite got a good handle on like what they were supposed to be doing. It felt like in, in zone coverage and made a lot of mistakes and a lot of stunts and up front that caused confusion more for themselves than, than the, uh, than the offense. So yeah, I, I, I think about it too much probably. I wonder too, like it could they have done better? Like, is there some, is there a name that you would have liked that they were maybe linked to? Is it a LaFour issue? Like, are we sure that Barry's out after this year? Is that something you worry about? Is that like, there is a loyalty there that maybe he continues to bring him back. Like, it, it, I don't know. I just, I wonder on that front too, for LaFour. Yeah, I definitely think about that. I mean, I think at mid season, there were, there was a point where they could have pulled the trigger on firing Barry. I think last year they could have pulled the trigger on firing Barry. Now they've made the playoffs after holding the Vikings and uh, the bears to, you know, a limited number of points. And if they get first rounded, like maybe Barry has done enough, but, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think Barry's job is absolutely like if they bring him back because they go on a run this postseason and like the defense is a huge part of it. There's a limit on how, mad you can really be mm. but if if Dak Prescott drops 40 on them and they don't fire Barry uh, that I think that that would be a bit unserious and yeah I do think that it's a possibility that they don't because they've had reason to before uh, when they didn't make the playoffs and uh, this year they are there so who knows what will happen well it feels like the scrutiny too is just a lot because the Packers have been so defense heavy in the top of their drafts like they've yeah, just drafted definitely. so many guys on defense uh and early in the draft like that's just been their focus is Mm -hmm. and you just kind of uh obviously there's been some hilarious quay walker moments uh there but i mean by and large they've drafted pretty well it's just when you accumulate or when you invest so much in on that side of the ball you expect the defense to be better than what it is because you've just allocated so many resources to that side of the ball early in the draft definitely and it's all front seven too like 
with all of those resources, it, like the safety position was mm. still a liability going into this year. And uh, like you're a defense that's supposed to limit big plays by putting a shell on everything. But if your safeties are bad, like that shell is terrible, like yeah. it'd be easily broken. So you're taking resources out of the run game, putting them in the back end. And then the back end is messing it up anyway. Anyway, I think that was such a big problem. Um, and then this year, I guess it, it has gotten maybe a little better, but they didn't add any safety or anything like that this year. They just added Van Ness who came in as a kind of a rotational guy and, and was fine. But like, what did that piece really give you this year? And, and that's kind of always been the Packers MO is like, they don't really draft for need so much. I, I feel like they kind of just go with a freakish talent in the trenches. Like that's kind of yeah. always been their thing is like, who has the, who lights up the combine? How can we make like the biggest, strongest, fastest defense possible uh, with a linebacker or, or defensive lineman? And they are an athletic defense, but they just played dumb this year and they weren't sound on the back end. Switching gears a little bit, Theo, um, you get a lot of flack and a lot of attention for your Tua Tungabayola thoughts. I do. I what do. were your I... thoughts about Tua and the Miami Dolphins just fumbling away? home field advantage what's been mostly a special season for miami a breakthrough year tyree kill right there in the mvp conversation Jalen waddle having a great year i mean it seemed like everything was coming together uh for the dolphins to ha- maybe even come out of the afc like number one mm-hmm. c was on the table and then life came at them fast and obviously the the bad pick late i mean where are you at with Tua? going into the the postseason and maybe going into next year and uh how much uh has, has your thoughts changed about miami over the last couple of weeks zero is is how my <laughs> thoughts have changed about tua i think that tua is uh is in the tier with jared goff and at the low end jimmy garoppolo and he was on the 49ers like he's good he executes the system well he gets the ball out of his hands quickly like his release is really special the way he can layer the ball in there is is pretty special too. But at the end of the day, you, you see a guy like Josh Allen who can go out and get you a bucket no matter what is happening. And mm. Tua is just not that guy. Like Tua can't get you a bucket if 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 the linebackers sink to a certain depth on the dig, right? Like he tried to force it in there versus the Ravens like, around like five people and it got tipped and intercepted. And he's not someone who can create out of structure. And I, I think that, players win over scheme and Mm. the dolphins are all scheme and they're all motion and they're all speed and all those things are great. But sometimes the defense like just knows what they're about and knows what they're about to run and can can put bodies in the spots where the dolphins like to hit and Tua has to be more multidimensional. And I I just don't think that he's a very multidimensional quarterback. I think his arm strength is a real limitation. You know, his ability out of structure is a real limitation. He's really good at the things he's good at. But there are quarterbacks out there who are good at multiple different things. And I think that they haven't paid him. You know, Jalen Hurts got an extension this offseason. He was in that draft class. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, even Jordan Love got a one-year extension this draft class. It's only Tua who didn't. And, man, now that they're on the road, he brought them to a wild card round. Like, they didn't beat anybody good, except for Dallas, I guess. They did beat Dallas. I'll give them that. But, Hmm overall like struggled in in big games i would say has been a a valid criticism of the tua mcdaniel era and now they've got to go on the road in what is apparently going to be like a blizzard single digit game in kansas city with that front rolling in like 
I, I don't know how much confidence I have in them to win that game or make a run. And if they don't, like, what kind of contract are you giving to a, are you making a move like McVeigh did going from golf to Stafford? Uh, man, I, I think that their future, I mean, they, they still have a whole playoff run to do, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I still think that they're like a, a decent team, although with their edges out, it's going to be really, really tough, but. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I, I would certainly not be interested in giving to a mega deal, but we'll see if the Dolphins feel the same way. Would you be surprised if they won the AFC? Yes, I, I definitely would be surprised if they came in without Chubb, without without uh, Phillips, mm. you know, in, with their struggles in big games as kind of more of a one-dimensional team. If they went into Baltimore and won, if they went into Kansas City in the freezing cold and won, um, to go on that kind of run, I, I I don't expect it of them at this point. They've lost to the Bills twice this year. Uh, if, are they going to beat the Bills? Like if they play again, I I don't really think so. Hard they, to beat a team could... three times, maybe. <laughs> I there are numbers about that. I know it happened last year, and I can't remember what they said. If it's if it's hard when you've swept them in the regular season, or if like the odds are overwhelming you in your favor, I. Mm. There was some study that I read last year on that that is just skipped, slipping my mind now if it's good or bad. Well, it works but, in the uh, Pac-12 because Washington beat Oregon twice, um, and then uh, Utah beat USC twice, uh, and they had no problem because everyone was talking to themselves. It's like really hard to beat the same team twice, and it's like actually, yeah, yeah. T- turns out it's not. <laughs> like they're just better. <laughs> actually, the the results of yeah yeah that, mm-hmm. that, that that makes that that passes my sniff test. If you beat them <laughs> twice, you're probably better, and yeah. you're going to beat them again, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely would surprise me, although certainly stranger runs have happened. I mean, it yeah. has been kind of a banner year for the Dolphins, but I don't know how McDaniel gets them like psyched up to be an underdog, like, like yeah. go on the road. This whole year, they've been front runner, front runner, front runner. Look at the offense. Look at Tyreek Hill. Look at Tua. Look at the numbers they're putting up. Look at they've got Vic Fangio. Look, since Jalen Ramsey is back, the defense has been the best in the league. This is a real, and now all of a sudden it's like, we're the underdogs. We're going on the mm. road. Like we couldn't even beat the Bills in a dysfunctional year where they fired their offensive coordinator. Like th- th- it's been all scrutiny for the Bills all year. They're the ones still in the driver's seat. Like I don't know how you spin that narrative if you're Mike McDaniel. Like you're coming off this huge failure. I guess that's what you got to feed into is like. But man, I I feel like the excitement is just gone from from the Miami season losing the division, and I kind of think that it's. That that they don't have it right now. And the worst matchup, just the blizzard in Kansas City against Mahomes, mm-hmm. is just. Uh, I mean, with no with no pass rush too. Like your interior linemen are good, but they're not. Are they going to get pressure on what is really a good interior line on Kansas Probably City? Not. Like I would want good edges against their tackles, right? And they don't have that. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be rough. But on the flip side, the Chiefs receivers suck. So it's just going to be one of those. Maybe this is going to be like an ugly, low-scoring game where it's just neither team wants it. to win it's this the, game. It's the one on Peacock. So hopefully yeah. it's uh, the most skippable. People make these jokes. Have y'all watched the, Pe- the Peacock basketball and stuff? Great screen, great scores. Like the Peacock app actually is good for sports. Like people are dunking on the Peacock app. Folks, there's some bad apps and there's some bad. I'm a big score look person and how it looks in the broadcast. Peacock looks good for basketball. So I'm like, I think it might actually be okay. Do you have to pay for it? Um, that's a good question. I think I do. So I'm not sure if you have to I do think that. That's but I, know everybody I, do. Is, I think that's what everybody is, yeah. is roasting the app for is like, I'm not paying to watch it. 
Hey, yeah, look, pay everyone, they say that, and then guess what? They're all going to do it because they're like, I want to watch NFL playoff football. Like, I'm going to sign up for Peacock for this. And then there's got to be the free, there's got to be the free trial. And then, yeah, that's also that's true. available. But like for my grandpa, he's probably not going <laughs> to go through all that and just uh, have to miss this one. He might be a Peacock connoisseur. He might be, he might be all locked <laughs> he, in on King of Queens. Maybe he is. Free maybe he you is. never know. Um, final thing here, Theo, and we'll get you out of here. Best coaching job this year, in your estimation, Ooh. when you think about the film you've watched and all the different teams, who do you think, maybe it's just based on personnel and what they had to work with, who do you think has actually maximized their talent the best? Who's Because this coach probably won't win coach of the year, because that's just like victory type award. Who is it for you? I'm going to give it to Kyle Shanahan, honestly. I, mm. I think that when you look at what he's done with the seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback, and the environment that he's been able to create, it, it's him. I, I think that the they rolled to the number one seed in the NFC. They look like the clear favorites to to win that, and they look like I, I don't know if they got beat by they got beat by Baltimore. So maybe they're not the favorites to win the Super Bowl. But I, I think when we're talking about kind of the same deal as Mike McDaniel, you know, we got an MVP candidate, we got an All Pro candidate, we got you know a Pro Bowl candidate at every single position. I think you got to look at the guy in charge and that's Kyle Shanahan. His scheme has set the tone for this entire era. I kind of think we're in a situation where it used to be Peyton and Brady and, you know, Roethlisberger always competing for the AFC like championship spot and, and then Rogers and breeze for the, I, I kind of think that it's not so much a quarterback era right now, but it's always going to be like McVeigh and, and Shanahan and McDaniel and LaFleur in those spots instead, like year after year after year. Like it really wouldn't surprise me if we got Shanahan versus McVeigh again. And like, hmm. I, I know I just got done with talking about Miami and how they're not going to make it, but maybe like McDaniel could be there as well. Like, I think that those are kind of the the schemes that are going to kind of repeat and always sort of be there. Like, I think that these are that's a special group of guys, and Shanahan's kind of the ringleader, and this has kind of been his masterpiece season. So I, I I've got to give it to him. A lot of guys have maybe done good stuff with less but i mean even with the disaster in baltimore brock purdy is number one in every efficiency stat by a mile and i, I think that that's so impressive to create an environment and brock purdy himself has been plenty impressive but still like everybody has been good in that environment and i i gotta give a lot of credit to kyle shanahan for that and no drop off it just i think people underestimate just how hard it is to i mean you have a brutal postseason loss to philadelphia where you go down two quarterbacks and it's just you felt like you were the best team in the NFC last year. You felt good about your game against the Eagles and for it to go the way that it did um, could have completely destroyed the just the team, you know, where yeah. it's like we and, missed and, our spot. And no drop off after multiple years. We see yeah. the Super Bowl hangover and like the brain drain that happened to the Eagles now that they've lost the Super Bowl and lost all their coordinators. Think about what's happening to the 49ers for years, yeah. right? Like everybody wants their skies and they lost the Super Bowl in 2019. Uh, mm -hmm. with Jimmy Garoppolo and they never really had a hangover they've been back you know time and time again they haven't gotten all the way there but they've competed and they've been one of the best teams in the league since that happened no doubt about it and they've got a really good chance to win it all this year so I'm, I'm super impressed with the job that Kyle Shanahan has done and he would have my vote for coach of the year even though Stefanski I think has done a, a great job and the floor has done a great job and uh, there's there's multiple guys who have done a great job but I, not I Arthur Smith for you Not Arthur Smith. He doesn't win your coach of the year. Arthur Smith wins my. Uh, 
He wins my press conference entertainment value of the year there you uh, go. coaching award. It's great. I love picking yeah. eighth every year, Fantasy Theo. For railing at the <laughs> No, it's great. I'm having fun, Theo. We're we're all we're all having we're all laughing. All my friends are just outside of frame. We're having a great time. It's just it's great. I wanted it to work out with him. I thought it he, it was funny to have a it was fun to have kind of a quirky scheme guy in the NFL. So many yeah. so many dudes run the same stuff. It's not a very schematically diverse league like college is. Um, but it's that way for a reason. If you've got the best athletes, you can kind of run the best stuff. And he probably should have been a little bit more like everybody else. But it is fun, like you said, like kind of running this. Uh, I mean, if it's good, if it's winning, it's fun. Um, but when you're not winning and when you're just uh, you put all your eggs in the Desmond Ritter basket and it doesn't go your way. I mean, yeah, oof, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but Bill Belichick roaming the sidelines in Atlanta might be one of the weirdest visuals after 28 to three and what happened. And like just the weirdness of that being a legit possibility with him being the betting favorite for next Falcons coach like Theo. It's just that uh, weird, 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 weird. That is like the strangest thing I could like possibly imagine is him being the Falcons head coach. But I think it makes sense. You know, you 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 bet on the offensive guru. And then it doesn't work. And a lot of times teams swing in the complete yeah. opposite direction. Right. And it doesn't get more opposite than that. It It's something we see all the time, like Ben Johnson, how different of a candidate is he than what Arthur Smith was yeah. coming out of Tennessee, you know, like kind of a similar philosophy, you know, young, younger type of coach, offensive minded guy, and it didn't work. So it's kind of tough to get excited for the same thing again, I think um either consciously or subconsciously so i i could see it happening i guess if they want to go in the complete other direction theo we can watch you uh every week on the stay hot youtube channel listen on apple spotify wherever your podcast one of my favorite uh weekly nfl and nba podcasts each and every week theo ash go follow him tiktok youtube twitter all that good stuff uh theo thank you so much and uh we'll have to do this again soon absolutely thank you for having me on Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.